Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. You have been to those. We've been studying who we are and what we have in Christ. Are you in Christ? Well, then God sees you in Christ Jesus, and he can't see you apart from who you are in Christ Jesus. Uh, that ought to make you glad. We, st- we started out with Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation, no guilt, no punitive, um, uh, I'm going to get you kind of attitude from God the Father. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus and who do not walk, that is, live their lives according to the flesh, operate under the influence of the flesh. And we talked about how the flesh are those old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving that we had pre-new birth. That is... Our old attitude, our old person, if you were, in Christ. God says that in Christ now, old things are passed away, and all things have become new. From God's perspective, we're never going to live successfully until we see ourselves from God's perspective, and that is the purpose of our series and our teaching here. So, last time we talked about some of the ways that we walk by the Spirit and some of the ways uh, that it's possible that we walk in the flesh. So we don't want to walk in condemnation, in that guilt, in that punitive sense that there's no peace with God, that He's mad at us or whatever. The, The difference in conviction is when the Holy Spirit tells us something that is falling short of God's standard that we need to agree with him about, and that is legit. In fact, the Word says that whom the Lord loves, he corrects. And um, as I've said many times before, I don't know about you, but he must love me a lot. I'm getting, uh, it seems like, more correction the older I get, and as I've said before, I hope it's because I'm listening better. And, um, but at any rate, whom correction is out of the love of God, and it's from the Holy Spirit. But we're always corrected from a place of love. We're always corrected by God from a place of, in, uh, of encouragement and from a place of protection from self-destruction. If we're getting convicted, it's because the Lord doesn't want us to self-destruct. He wants us to have his highest and best. And sometimes we have a very difficult time believing and trusting that, but it is nonetheless true. We talked about how there's no condemnation because Romans 5 tells us that we are justified, declared not guilty through the agency of faith in Christ Jesus, and that, 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 that the Lord Jesus Christ has placed us in a place of grace. He's placed us in a standing where we're seen with the favor and ability of God on the inside of us. 
the, the beautiful, beautiful justification that takes place through faith. And when the Lord Jesus takes us unto himself and, and comes to live on the inside of us. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that in God's eyes we were in Christ when we received him by faith as our Savior. We were baptized. We were placed into Jesus Christ. Baptizo, to be placed into the very body of Jesus Christ. Did you know that you have been, by the, by the Holy Spirit who's come to indwell you, he has placed you into Jesus Christ himself? It is the baptism uh, of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a baptism that Jesus Christ does in the Holy Spirit, but there is also a baptism, primarily the, the new birth baptism, when you are placed into the very body of Christ by the Holy Spirit himself upon your faith in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So we've been placed there in a position in Christ Jesus that is awesome. And, and why is that true? Well, 2 Corinthians 5.21, last time we saw it, uh, tells us why that's true. God made him, Christ, who knew no sin. He was totally qualified to take sin because he was sinless. God made him, Jesus Christ, to become sin on our behalf. That is, God laid every one of your sins and mine on Christ at the cross. No wonder we do this every Sunday, to remember and celebrate the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. Something happened there. You were there. God placed you in He placed all of your sin and mine on Jesus, but he didn't stop there. The last part of that verse says, in order that, he, God made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He took all Jesus' righteousness in his holy legal eyes, in the eyes of the one who created you and redeemed you and the one to whom you're going to go and spend eternity. In his legal eyes, he legally took all your sin and laid it on Jesus, and he legally took all Jesus' righteousness and laid it on you. Placed it into your account. Hallelujah. When God looks into your account, he sees the very righteousness of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why we celebrate the grace of God. That's why we remember it every day that we meet and celebrate. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God. Thank you. Well, what's our part? Romans 5.17 says, those who receive. You know what that means? It doesn't mean those who have. You can have a gift and keep it unwrapped. To receive it means you unwrap it, you embrace it, you put it on and wear it. Those who, those who believe and receive it, who invite it and say it's mine, I accept it and I receive it. God, give me revelation of it. I receive the abundance of grace, more than enough ability and favor, and who receive the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. Have you unwrapped the gift? How do you do that? You say, thank you, Lord. I receive it. Holy Spirit, give me greater revelation that is mine. I receive it. 
Everybody say this with me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive the gift of righteousness. See, some of y'all think that to be righteous, you got to do acts of righteousness to somehow earn the, the designation of being righteous. You can't come to God that way. Otherwise, you'd be generating that righteousness. It is a gift. You have to come and say, Lord, I couldn't do it, but you did. And I receive it as a free gift of your grace. Hallelujah. And see, when you begin to wear the gift of righteousness, you'll find out that everything in your day is righteous. You think you ever thought about that? You ever thought about the acts of righteousness that flow out of the gift of righteousness? Do you know that when you got up this morning and had the intent and made the sacrifice of getting ready to come in here to worship with other believers in obedience to the Lord's desire for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together? Do you know that was an act of righteousness? You know that when you cranked your vehicle and you headed this way, that was an act of righteousness? Do you know that when you begin to sing and give praise to God, that was an act of righteousness? You don't have a problem with that. But when you go home today, those of you who have received the gift of righteousness, those of you who stand in a place of righteousness, when you put those clothes in the washer, when you clean the toilet, uh-huh, when you have a, a, a phone conversation with somebody, when you sit down to take a little rest on the Lord's day. Do you know that those are acts of righteousness? They're not acts of sin. So what do you think they are? It is somebody who has received the gift of righteousness doing righteous things. And religion under the, under the direction of the devil through all these centuries, has made people believe that unless you are doing something specifically spiritual, that that is not an act of righteousness. That's a lie. Let me prove that to you. I believe every word of the Testaments. Every word. Don't you? If you didn't, you wouldn't be here. Jesus said... I always do those things that please my Father. Yes or no? Whatever I see my Father doing, that's what I do. Yes or no? <clears throat> Did Jesus preach sermons? Yes or no? Did he teach? Did he perform miracles? But did he also... Work for his daddy in the carpenter's shop. Yes or no? So he did some hammering and sawing and yes or no? My favorite is on the occasion of when Jesus was doing a miracle with a blind man, the Bible says, and Jesus spat on the ground, made a mud pie and placed it on the man's eyes was spitting on the ground an act of righteousness or sin. Wait now, I always do the things I see my father doing. 
Yes or no? So when you go to work in the morning, that's an act of righteousness. When you do those things of service around your house, preparing meals, speaking words, whatever it is, you're involved in acts of righteousness. Why don't you celebrate the one who in God's eyes has made you righteous in his eyes? And I want to tell you something. His opinion's the only one that matters. You're not going to go before Jesus when you exit this earth. You're not going to go before Jesus and say, okay, God, let me, let me call my... Um, let me call my crowd that like me. Receive the gift of righteousness. Walk in it. Celebrate. Give the Lord thanks for it. Would you tell the Lord right now, thank you for the gift of righteousness. I'll receive it. Well, last time we, we got in on Sunday and on Wednesday, we might have gone a little deeper on Wednesday, I think, um, with, with some of our teaching and illustration there, and I will review some of that. But see, <clears throat> you're, you're an incredible uh, creation. God created you with a spirit, a soul, and a body. And I've got scriptures for you there on the back page there. Um, I wonder if we, can we, uh, do we have that uh, that we can put up here on the screen? There we go. The, your body is <laughs> your clothes that you wear on this earth. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your volition, and your emotions, how you feel. Your spirit is that inner part of you that's created by God that needs to be reborn. It is spiritually dead until you are reborn. When you receive that gift of God through, by grace through faith. And when you do that, when you receive the Lord Jesus, inviting him into your life, your spirit gets reborn. Your spirit is your God receiver. Now, your spirit and your soul in the Bible, the word spirit and soul, sometimes your spirit is referred to as heart in the New Testament. Cardia. And it, your spirit and your soul are inseparable. You cannot separate them. They're, they're one, spiritual intimate, uh, uh, one spiritual entity, but they have differing functions. They're one entity, but they are, they are, although they're inseparable, they're distinguishable. They have different functions. And when we're reborn to walk according to the Spirit, as we've been studying in Romans 8, to walk according to the Spirit is for our soul, our mind, our emotions, and our will to day by day become more and more conformed and in line and under the control and influence of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of our human spirit. Now, this is pretty difficult sometimes. In fact, without total dependency on the Holy Spirit, it, it's kind of like this. Let me see if I can do this. Thank you for getting this hooked up for me, Wayne. Um, th th this thing is an antique. I realize that. 
they used to call these boom boxes. You don't see those anymore, right? But you can tell, but you can see even I can work one of these. I, well, I think I can. All right. Okay, so what's this? Wait. Wait a minute, where'd that guy come from? He's not in here trying to interrupt the service. We, we, we'd have our deputy and elders take him out. <laughs> All right, wait. All right, now wait. On the inside of this box right here is a receiver. And that receiver receives messages from a transmitter. Somewhere in this vicinity, there is a radio station with equipment that transmits, broadcasts, sends out, listen, sends out into the atmosphere messages, signals, words. But you can't hear those unless you've got a receiver. You can't hear the voice of God unless you get a receiver that is working. The power comes on to the receiver when you're born again. You've got one, but it's not operable until you're born again. Now, you'll notice <clears throat> that sometimes... If you're not on a particular wavelength, there's static that makes it difficult to hear what the receiver is trying to say. Why is that true? Because we've got a body with a brain that's always sending us messages of what we want to see happen, what we want to eat, how we want people to act, what we want to do, all about ourselves. It even carries memories of mistakes we've made in the past. You right? And it feeds into our mind, that spiritual part of us, that an incredible spiritual receiver. It feeds into our mind images, uh, words, messages that can cause static, cause us not to hear clearly what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us. Right? Uh, three of us heard that. The Holy Spirit is trying to say to us what God wants to say. Remember, we looked at the John 16 passage that says that Jesus said that He, the Spirit, will disclose to you. He will talk to you. He will guide you. He will teach you. But we get... We don't hear that word very clearly sometimes because of all the messages that come from our body and our soul. We've got to learn to walk by the Spirit, that is, to submit to His leadership every day, to make His word final authority, 
to get into a place of, to enter into his courts, uh, his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise, begin to listen to his voice, and um, he begins to have greater influence the more intently we listen and obey. So, in this realm right here, this soul realm, that spiritual part of us, inseparable from our spirit, but distinguishable, in this soul realm, we can have what the Bible calls strongholds. Pockets of resistance, listen, pockets of resistance in primarily in the arena of our mind that resist the, the lordship, the voice, the desires of the Holy Spirit who lives in the very center of the believer. I want you to just for a moment, I, I want you to just uh, go with me and try to form a picture of a, uh, of a house, maybe one that you are or have been familiar with. And I want you to imagine that in the center of that house, there is a primary living kitchen dwelling area. There, there is a center of that house, a center where most of life takes place. I want you to just imagine, the, and we're going to call that a living room, that in that center of the, that house, which we're, I'm talking about your soul now, your inner man, your soul, your spiritual personality, your mind, will, and emotions, that in that house <clears throat> there is a, a center of operation. And that's where the Holy Spirit lives. That is the Spirit where Jesus is Lord of that house called your soul. Okay? Jesus is Lord of that house called your soul. But I also want you to think about this. In this house, and, and it's a pretty big house, <clears throat> there are little rooms all over this house, all over, downstairs, upstairs. There are little rooms all over this house. There's a big room where Jesus is Lord and it's the center of your spiritual life. In some of these little rooms in that house, we find that there are closets or little bitty rooms that have the door shut. They're not open. So that when the Lord of the house walks around what is his, when he looks around what is his house, he sees some doors that are closed to him. He owns them, but he's not allowed access to them. That's a stronghold. He owns the house. But he doesn't have access to some of those rooms. That is a spiritual stronghold. So what happens is there is not the full 
the fullness of the Lord, the owner of that house, being able to operate and go into any room he so pleases and be right at home. Here's what's in some of those rooms. There's a, there's a room called pride. And the door to that room called pride is shut to the Lord because the Word of God is very clear. God resists the proud. That is, those who firmly insist on staying in control of any and every situation. You know, I can have received Jesus as my Lord. I can celebrate Him. I can worship Him. I can come together with the saints and worship. But if there's a little room in my house where I insist on staying in control, that means the door to that room's closed to Him. And although He owns the room, He is such a loving gentleman, He won't make he will not force his way into the room and make me submit to him. The insistence on having it my way, on doing it myself. Oh, there's another room down that hall, and it's got a closed door. And uh, it's called uh, anger. Oh, somebody hurt me. Somebody hurt me, and it was bad. And, 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 I ju and you know, there can be several rooms like that. And uh, I, I didn't, I, I still have not brought them before Jesus and asked him how he feels about them. I've just insisted on, it's got to be the way I feel about them. I still hadn't brought them before Jesus and said, how do you feel about them? So when the Lord is moving around the, the, the house that is my soul, there is that closed door that's called anger, and, and I've been hurt, and I'm still, in my mind and in my emotions, I have replays of what they did to me, and my emotions get stirred when my mind does the replay. And I can just get all kinds of mad sitting there thinking about something that happened a long time ago. I know none of you could do that, but, but, but I can do that. And that is a, a anger when it's aged. Anger, aged anger turns into resentment. So now I just don't not only not forgive you, I want to see you hurt. I was praying about some of my hurts uh, sometime back and the Lord said what would you like to see happen to them I was done think about that that means I better open that door and ask for the filling of the spirit of God and repent I gotta open that door to the lordship of Jesus and say I, they're in your hands Lord I want to see them the way you do. And I not only forgive them, I bless them. I want you to make them whole. Make them whole. Oh, what healing comes when you do that. 
Do you know that? When you can begin to want the best for somebody, even though initially in your emotions it may take you a while, but when you come to Jesus and say, I'm willing for, for them to receive what you want them to receive, boy, what that will just set you free. You're not a prisoner anymore. Oh, I can walk down that hall and I can see, I can see um, uh, rooms. There will be rooms there of, of fear. And, uh, you know, just, oh, something will happen. And if I've got a stronghold of fear, that means that whenever I see or hear something, I can immediately go to a bad result in my mind. I can just take it all the way down to, uh-oh, this is what's going to happen to that. Been to the doctor lately? Oh, so you don't even need the doctor. You just go to the Internet. Please. Please. You know that the devil is a forecaster of disaster. He's an accuser of the brethren, and he always forecasts something. He's a deceiver. He forecasts something that you absolutely don't want to happen and generates an emotion called fear. And you begin to see in you begin to see in your mind a result that you don't want to happen. How many of you know that even though we don't we don't know the result of a lot of things, we can trust God to get us through anything we have to go through. You don't get to skip everything. You, you can listen to all the TV preachers you want to. You, you can send them your money and uh, all that, too. We don't, get to, we, don't get to, we don't get to skip everything. I don't know if I've lost uh, half of you here today, but I'm telling you, it's just not true. God is a God of mighty grace. I, I know this that even death for the believer is an exit into life more abundant. Thank you, Jesus. So strongholds are those pockets of resistance, those rooms in our soul. And, and you say, well, Pastor, how do I know if I've got a stronghold? Well, begin to look for the symptoms. You might feel a little more distant from the Lord. It might seem like, man, I just can't seem to connect with the Lord when I try to have a time of prayer. It may be that when you do try to study the scriptures that there's just, there's just a pushback and a resistance and uh, it, it, anything and everything will, keep, will try to keep you from, um, try to keep you distracted or from hearing the word of God. Um, a stronghold may be that, you know, every time there's something said, immediately your mind and your emotions go to a place of fear. You may have a stronghold there. And um, I talk by experience about that. I mean, for many years, it's uh, 30 years ago in my life, but the spirit and the stronghold of fear was broken. And uh, I was uh, uh, late 40s when that happened. And uh, I, I got to tell you, um, I didn't even realize that, that I had it and I was operating in it. But when the Spirit began to show me and it, it, 
begin to piece together not just the circumstantial evidence, but when I begin to get the internal evidence from the Spirit, then um, I had to come clean and confess, Lord, there's a spirit, there's a stronghold of fear here. It's making me think the way I do, act the way I do, and uh, it means that I'm not trusting you. It just simply means I am in unbelief in that matter. So let's come clean. You know what I found about the Lord? You can be, you, your life can be an absolute wreck. You can be in the biggest mess, but if you'll just humble yourself and come clean, God's attracted to you. It's the proud who say, ah, you know, I've got this problem, but so does everybody else, and I'm not as bad as so. The, the word says that if we act that way, he'll, he'll resist us. How many of you know if the Lord resists you, you're not going to win? <laughs> okay, so in our Romans 8, 1 passage, we're saying that we don't walk under condemnation because we are in Christ Jesus and we walk according to the law of the Spirit instead of the law of sin and death, which the Bible says, operates in our flesh. Romans 7 also calls it the members of our body, our brains being main players and just the old patterns that we inherited uh, from Adam. So what's the deal? Go before the Lord and say, Lord, would you reveal to me strongholds where... There's pockets of resistance in my soul to your lordship. I want you to have total freedom in the house of my soul. I want you to have access in every area. I don't want to hold, withhold anything. I don't want those doors to be closed. I, I, I don't, um, I turn my finances over to you. I'm going to stop being afraid. And I, I'm going to say to you, I'll give you everything except, I'll give you everything except I'll give you everything except, Lord, I'm going to give you everything. Ask him to be the Lord of every bit of it. Your children, their behaviors, your finances, your physical health, your, your business, uh, your, your, everything God's called you to do. I, I invite you to be the Lord of that. My job is to trust you and to obey you, and um, I believe that results are in your hands. Amen. So we're beginning to get some ideas of, so, so go to before the Lord and say, Lord, show me where there's, uh, there may be strongholds, and I will agree with you, and I will be quick to repent. And uh, I want that house, I want that room to be clean for you to use it. If there are habits that I've been holding uh, private, if there are habits about what I, what I view, about what I take in, if there are habits, Lord, I expose every root of every reason behind that, and I ask you to be the Lord of every bit of it. Invite him to be your Lord. Get into a place regularly of worship and praise and thanksgiving, but also do this. Start telling yourself the truth. Your self-talk is the key to your success or failure. 
And if your self-talk is not based on the word of God, Jesus said, Father, sanctify them. In the truth, thy word is truth. If what we tell ourselves is not in line with the word of God, then that means that deception is in operation in our soul. And when deception operates in the realm of our soul, our emotions respond, and then our will lines up with what is deception. We make choices based on that. Did you see that? When there's deception here in the mind, our emotions respond to what our mind says in abundance, and then we make choices in line with that deception. Now, I'm going to close with this. And next week, I'm going to give you, to me, the greatest weapon in casting down strongholds. Don't kid yourself. We all, we've all had them or have them right now. And quit wearing the badge that, oh, I don't have anything like that. Yes, you do. The Bible says if you say you hadn't sinned, you're a liar. Right? 2 Corinthians 10 says this. Verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, those of us who are in Christ, are not of the flesh. They're not carnal, but they're mighty in God. Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Isn't that what we've been talking about? Those pockets of resistance in our soul? We've got weapons that will tear them down. Casting down arguments. What do you mean by that, Pastor? That argue, Arguing with the Lord about what's right and what's wrong, what the standard is, what the truth is, and with everybody else that will listen to us, it, it is a self-defense. It is all about pride. Casting down every argument that is raised up against every high thing. What's every high thing? All right, watch. Every high thing are those imaginations and thoughts that are in the realm of our mind that are fighting against the knowledge of God. They're contrary to what the Holy Spirit, who is what? The Spirit of the Spirit of truth. So I've got to take the weapons of my warfare. And I'm going to have to bring them against every high stronghold. Watch this. Bringing every thought. Bringing every thought. Bringing that which is into the mind into captivity to the obedience of Christ. How do I bring every thought to the obedience of Christ? How do you bring every thought to the obedience of Christ and cast down strongholds? That's what I'm going to tell you next Sunday. Let's all stand. Oh, there's something powerful coming next Sunday. Right in line with this and casting down strongholds. Amen? Let's all, let's all say this together. Say it after me. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I praise you. That I'm in you. You are in me. I am holy. 
and righteous and blameless and loved and forgiven. I'm an heir and a joint heir. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Forgive me for believing the words of deception that are in this world and of even the devil. I declare that the word of God is my standard for truth. Holy Spirit, I say to you, take over every room in my soul. Cleanse me of every thought, every word, every decision that is not in line with the heart of God. I surrender today. I'm calling for an end of every, dest every destructive stronghold in the name of Jesus. I've got mighty weapons, the sword of the Spirit. And by the authority of God, I declare strongholds are coming down for the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, amen and amen. Well, we'll see you next Sunday. God bless you. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.